This podcast is Eccentric, a show all about egg, with Tyler and Lauren. This week, it's the Easter special. We talk about why are eggs associated with Easter and deviled eggs. Hey, Lauren. Hey. Happy Easter. Happy Easter tomorrow. Today, when you're listening to this. This is coming out on Easter. Yeah. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you know, you know. I'm good. For... Does it... It feels strange having Easter during everything that's happening in yeah. the world right now. It doesn't yeah. feel like Easter. We do have a lot of chocolate, thankfully. We do. That's true. We stocked up on that. And a carrot cake. So that feels cake. very Eastery. It does. Uh, we are going to make... Well, I'm, I'm going to try to make... We'll see how this goes mm-hmm. because I'm missing a key ingredient. But mm. I'm going to try to make the recipe that I'm going to talk about later. Which is like every recipe right now is missing <laughs> a key ingredient. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what we can do to get around store. it. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's exciting. Uh, I am glad that we're doing an egg podcast for Easter. Of course. Because... Very on theme. <laughs> right. Because I feel like I have a lot of egg-related questions for Easter. Oh, that, okay, you, that you're going to ask me? That I'm gonna, well, I know that you've prepared some stuff. No, it's not a comprehensive... It's not everything that eggs have to do with Easter. I need to just say that up front. Oh, no, I don't, think, I don't think we could ever cover everything. Right. I mean, that's why we have a podcast everything. about eggs. Everything. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited to hopefully get some answers to my, my burning easter egg questions wow burning easter egg questions i, I am eager <laughs> for some answers Edgar. Mm, nope um <laughs> so yeah that i mean that starts us off pretty well just disclaimer up front is that this episode is going to be very um christian fact or tradition affiliated just some, because some good christian facts easter is a christian holiday so now that brings up an interesting point that may or may not be a good place to start. It wasn't always a Christian holiday, right? Well, I think other religions definitely celebrate different holidays around this time of year. But mm-hmm. because I think because you and I were raised Christian, we just sort of think this time of the year as Easter, right? Right. Yes. I very much associate this time with like good friday yep um yeah uh, so for sunday last week for people who are not as as familiar with that so there's a period before easter called lent which i'm going to talk about quite a bit and i'll just define it now which is the time between good friday or no it's before that isn't Mm -hmm. it yeah i don't have all the facts straight but um okay see and i'm gonna be a bad (laughs) bad keeping you honest on this because lent regardless of when it is is when you you fast for is it 30 days it's 30 days you don't fast you, you give you up give certain up. things yeah we'll, we'll talk about it later on in the episode oh, okay, but basically okay. there's a period specifically before the easter holidays called lent right um and then you have a series of holidays that are celebrated in the church so you have a uh, good friday ash wednesday and then Easter itself, which all have to do with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. So the details aren't particularly important for eggs, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, we'll they're be talking about it sort of tangentially bit. related to what we're talking um, about. But I also want to say that I really want to do um, eggs associated with 
other cultural celebrations as well. Great. So if you if listeners know of any, send them to me. Yeah. Because we'll be covering it sort of from an egg and not a religious fact perspective. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. You can interesting. Uh, you can send this to us on our Twitter, which is at podcast about egg, or we have a form on our website now. If you go to sandwich.computer slash egg, which mm-hmm. uh, there should be, a, I think, a link to and wherever you're listening to this, uh, there's a there's a form that says uh, contact us. Yay. Which that's honestly, that's my favorite part of the show is when people suggest things about egg to me. Yeah. So please do it. Egg is good. Egg is good. Everyone so, love egg. <laughs> so tell me about the, the first thing that you have, have learned in your studies about Easter. Okay. And how it pertains to. Um, did you know that Easter season is called Easter Tide? Eastertide. All of those accompanying is that, holidays. Is that one word? Eastertide. So is that like Yuletide? Yeah. Eastertide. Oh. You know, that makes sense, but I hadn't I, I like didn't know it. that. Yeah. So Easter eggs symbolize a ver a variety of things for the Christian holiday of Easter, uh-huh. which are first of all the empty tomb of Jesus. So when they roll the stone away after three days and the tomb is empty. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. you have an empty eggshell right, symbolizing right. the tomb. Okay. You have an egg as a symbol of resurrection. It is mostly dormant but contains new life within it. I like that. Yep. Very symbolic. Um, And then it, of course, is obviously associated with fertility, new life, rebirth, springtime, all of those things. Um. So it also probably, like eggs and their really strong association with Easter, mm-hmm. probably the Eastertide, <laughs> probably came about because originally in Orthodox Christianity and in early Western Christianity, Lent was, so Lent nowadays people pr- usually choose one thing to give up, like they give up chocolate or they give up bread or they give up something that they enjoy. Um, it doesn't have to be food, although... Traditionally, it's food, but people could give up soda or coffee or some sugar, you know, something that is like a vice. But traditionally, Lent was pretty strict. So you had to give up eggs, meat, and dairy generally oh, uh, okay. during, the Lent, like a, during the whole Lenten fast. There was fast. Like a standard. Yeah, there was like that's, a rule. That's probably why I'm thinking of fasting because for me growing up, like mm-hmm. a lot of people would be like, yeah, I'm fasting for Lent or I'm giving up meat for Lent. But it's not and actually it was, a true fast. No, no, and it was it was the the thing to do, right? Of being like, uh, as a kid, oh, I'm giving up homework for Lent, right, you right. Know, oh, would, I'm, yeah, I'm giving yeah. up lima beans or broccoli right. or whatever, yeah. But traditionally, the rules were much stricter. Gotcha. And specifically, eggs, dairy, and meat. Um, so essentially, going vegan for yeah. Lent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was to symbolize Christ's sacrifice basically Hmm. um okay so but then they were allowed to eat them when easter arrived you're allowed to eat eggs again when easter came by so um so that actually gave rise to pancake day do you know about pancake day or shrove tuesday did you ever celebrate that and every day is pancake day (laughs) it can be Um, if you try hard enough to believe in yourself (laughs) you know i i feel like i have heard about pancake day but i don't know that i ever really it's a much bigger thing here in the uk than it was in the u.s like i don't recall ever growing up with pancake day Mm -hmm. pancake tuesday so shrove tuesday is the tuesday before ash wednesday 
Um, it's okay. also known as Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday. I was going to ask if that was Fat Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's all the same thing, just sort of called and celebrated different ways. Sure. Um, and it was to mark the last day that you were allowed to consume eggs and dairy before Lent began. So basically people would use up their store oh. of eggs and dairy on a ton of pancakes. Got you. Yeah. Okay. And then just sort of pig out on pancakes. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, before Lent began and they weren't allowed to eat them. I should have looked up how long Lent is. Um, I feel like bad it, about let me this. Just, let me just look it up. Yeah. It's it's interesting for us to talk about sort of the, the Christian heritage of Easter now because yeah. while we both sort of grew up celebrating it that way, we, we haven't. We don't now. Years. Yeah. So um, sort so, of I just looked slipped up our minds. Easter also, my I was actually born on Easter Sunday. Fun fact about me when I was born. Um, and every 11 years, it repeats itself. So I was more often than not on church in church on my birthday or it was like the monday right after everyone came back from spring break so my birthday was always like pretty lame as a kid growing up yeah you weren't too Um, fond of this no no i don't love spring or easter it's (laughs) it's my least favorite so this (laughs) year i looked it up this Mm -hmm. year lent began on the 26th of february yeah and ended 9th of april yeah which is today yesterday when we're recording this but Uh, easter is sunday yeah, yeah So, yeah. So anyway, Lent is a pretty long period of time. It's usually mm-hmm. about a month, a yep. little bit, little bit over a month. Um, yeah. So in the Orthodox Church, the Great Lent begins on Clean Monday, which is the Monday before uh, Shrove Tuesday. So the household dairies products would be used up in the preceding week, which is called Cheese Fair Week. Cheese Fair Week. Which is fun. Oh, this is not I, necessarily like about. A, I'm eggs, picturing but... like a festival of of various dairy products. Yeah, but it sounds like it. Doesn't I like it? it a lot. It's nice. Um, so also, children would go door to door begging for eggs on the Saturday before Lent, um, so they could eat them as a special treat before they had to fast. Which is probably uh, what yeah. gave rise to. So originally, they would be hard boiled eggs right. or just regular eggs, but that probably eventually gave rise to chocolate or candy filled eggs as more of a treat than just an egg right right so that's probably where the chocolate and the candy eggs come from is that also and i apologize i have not looked at your notes so i don't know if you're (laughs) going to this way is that where easter egg hunts would come from probably yeah i didn't look into easter egg hunts specifically like i said i'm not covering it totally yeah the whole whole lore it stands to reason to think on a few points if children were going around asking for eggs at around this time and we're slowly switching to yeah maybe maybe economies improve and they don't necessarily need the eggs to like feed themselves we can move to candied eggs and we can start hiding them it's probably that and associated with the easter bunny which i will talk about a little bit oh great okay cool um so then after lent is over so apparently a few days before easter or on easter depending on um what you are celebrating there would be a big store of eggs right because chickens just don't just stop laying eggs Mm -hmm. if you have chickens and that's where you're getting your eggs so you have a ton of eggs that need to be eaten really quickly or they're going to go bad as soon as easter hits because you've been saving your eggs for like a month so that's why you get a lot of egg food dishes associated with easter is because people would cook a big feast on easter in celebration and try to use up all their eggs right okay that makes sense that makes sense because they 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 just need to use it right because what else are you gonna do they're gonna go bad eggs yeah yeah um so that's why you get a lot of like 
oh, this is an Easter dinner and it includes tons of egg dishes. That makes sense. Okay. Um, and then now we just still do it. People are just buying their eggs instead of saving them throughout right, Lent. Right. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple of things on non-Christian traditions at this time, but not a ton, honestly. Um, the So it has been theorized uh, by Jacob Grimm specifically in 1835. Um Grimm. The Brothers in, Grimm, uh-huh, yeah. Okay. The folklorist, yeah. Jacob Grimm. Uh-huh. That the Germanic goddess Yostre, I think is how you would say it, which is E-O-S-T-R-E, which is the mm-hmm. namesake of the Easter holidays. Right. Um, so he maintains that eggs were used in her rituals, but there's no historic evidence for that. There's no uh, earlier evidence. It's okay. just him saying that eggs are part of Yostre. Got you. Okay. Okay. Um, There was also a modern suggestion, and by modern, I mean, you know, 1835 and related time. Um, Modern suggestion that the hare was also the animal companion of of Yostre. Hare, H A R E, Mm -hmm. hare. Okay. Rabbits. But there's also no evidence for that. But people are sort of theorizing that it might have been part of that. Sure, sure. And and, and some of that may be conflating two things. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. But anyway, she had a couple of important feast days in the springtime around this this time. There's oh, some rituals. All right. Um, and then hard-boiled eggs are also traditionally placed on ceremonial Passover plates. And celebrants sometimes oh, eat hard-boiled eggs dipped in salt water as part of Passover. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like I said, if anybody knows of any more, it would be great to do another eggs in spring holidays yeah yeah let us know episodes that's great uh i have a bit on coloring eggs dyeing easter eggs Uh so originally um they were probably the early christians of mesopotamia probably started dyeing eggs red in memory of the blood of christ at crucifixion okay makes sense sort of taking the uh the symbol of you know new life and the empty tomb and everything and yeah resurrection mixing and all it with that. the symbols of of Christ in other ways okay yeah and then probably just also dyed them other colors as well it didn't sure, just stick sure. with red and then that spread throughout the Orthodox churches and then came to Western Christianity through Catholic and Protestant beliefs and now we just do it. Historically, natural substances were used, uh, like onion peel, which dyes them brown, oak or alder bark or walnut shell, which dyes it black, beet juice, which is pink, and then now, of course, we have artificial colorings. Sure, sure. That would be a fun project, though, to go and find natural dyes to dye your eggs in. Yeah, that would be really fun. Maybe that can be one of your quote-unquote recipes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, there we go. Natural egg dyeing. Oh, I should have thought of that sooner. Darn. Oh, well. So I'm sure there's a lot more on coloring, but that's yeah. all that I bothered to look up sure at this point. and you're gonna do because this brings to mind you know painting eggs and decorative eggs carving eggs yeah there will be a whole decorating egg episode that's yeah that's gonna that be a I whole separate thing yeah for sure for sure okay um like you get those carved eggs where they punch out so they're like lace they mm-hmm. look like lace yeah those are really cool faberge eggs yeah or a yeah. faberge egg that kind of thing um would you like to talk about the easter bunny now i would love to talk about the easter bunny so Wikipedia says it, which is where I got all of my information today, everyone, (laughs) just transparency. So don't take it as actual hard fact. Uh, Look it up through more reputable sources. But this is a fun podcast about eggs. So 
Um, so Wikipedia says it is also called the Easter rabbit or Easter hare, but I have never heard that. Have I you have heard that? Never. Heard no, that. I've literally only ever heard Easter bunny. Yeah. But it comes from German, of course. Okay. And actually it comes from, it probably originated among the German Lutherans, which is actually my heritage. So it's oh, funny that I like didn't know about any of this. Yeah. Um, but it so it probably originated among the German Lutherans. It originally played the role of a judge evaluating whether children were good or bad at the start of Eastertide. Whoa! So like Santa, springtime Santa, springtime Santa. If you didn't have enough judgment no at Christmas, now you get it another one two well, two months later. You know you got to check in every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um. So the bunny carried or the hare, whatever carried colored eggs in a basket or candy or toys um and it's it was first mentioned in 1682 by georg frank von frankenau uh in the de ovis paschalibus and i'm so sorry that about my a, pronunciation that is a mouthful is that, is that which german? means about easter eggs okay. no i don't it's, think it i don't think it doesn't sound german to yeah, me. it might be german um all right okay. but it means about easter eggs huh all right so it was a whole book in 1682. Were the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus in cahoots? I don't believe so. I did not okay. find any evidence to suggest okay. that. It's just sort of a theme of like here are mythical entities that to judge, your judge children. children. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um. So it was believed. So partly why it became associated with Christian traditions of Easter. Of Easter um by the lutherans is that it was believed in antiquity by pliny plutarch philostratus and alien again sorry about my pronunciation <laughs> of all of those names that hairs were hermaphroditic and able to reproduce without loss of virginity which of oh, course is not true no but they did they believed that and so therefore they became associated with the virgin mary Interesting. I mean, I could see that for, for a immaculate age. reproduction. Before you know that much about like animal right. biology, you know, with the the rate that rabbits reproduce, right, you know, exactly. that there's that whole saying like breeding like rabbits. I'm sure you would think, well, they must just be doing it some special way, right? Yeah. And then through that association, they became associated with other symbolism in Christianity. So three hairs often represents the Holy Trinity. Um, and they also would occur in illuminated manuscripts quite often with that association. Huh. And now, Tyler, yeah. a little Easter egg that I discovered buried in all of my research. An Easter egg in your one, Easter egg facts. One very specific Easter egg tradition okay. all right. called egg tapping or also called egg jarping. Jarping. Egg jarping. It is specifically associated with the north of England. Okay. And it's a game or a competition where you take a hard-boiled egg, you take two hard-boiled eggs, each person, and you tap the pointy ends together, and then whichever one breaks first loses. So you can huh. have a whole championship of whose egg breaks the most other eggs, and that egg is the winner of the championship. Oh. This is called egg jarping. And the World Egg Jarping Championships have been held every Easter Sunday at Peter Lee Cricket and Social Club in County Durham Whoa. since 1983. <laughs> and proceeds are donated to the Macmillan Cancer Support wow. Charity. I can't believe we missed that. We used I to know. live right there. We huh. used to live very close to that. <laughs> wow. 
Um, it is also played in other places, including India, Croatia, the Netherlands, Romania, and Bulgaria in various forms. Interesting. But okay. egg jarping specifically is associated huh. with the north of England. That's... V- wow. I had no idea that there was an Easter sport. An Easter sport. Besides, I mean, hunting for Easter eggs. That you can play at the Peter Lee Cricket and Social Club. That is fascinating. All right. wonder if it's televised. I, I, mean, I mean, they're not they're holding not it, this it this year. Yeah, yeah but, but huh. I'll have to look for that. All yeah. right. Very cool. Well, yeah. do, you, do you have anything else in your uh, your notes before we, we move on? No, I just kind of did a very random, you know, as yeah. though I were plucking Easter eggs from the grass <laughs> as I found them. A very sure. random overview, but I wanted to give us an option to have more content next Easter if we wanted to do Easter special too. Absolutely. All right. So, yeah. well, let's take a quick break and we'll uh, we'll move on to the recipe. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, I for our recipe segment wanted to try and find a recipe that was like canonically Easter. Feels very Easter. Feels very Easter. You're going over to Easter brunch at your parents' house. Yeah, yeah. Your aunt and uncle's and, house. What are you going to eat? Well, and that's it was kind of a weird question for me to answer because I I couldn't think of like what are the dishes that I associate with Easter because for my family Easter was like okay, we're going to go to church, we're going to do the sunrise service, and we're going to go to IHOP or something. Yeah, you know? same. So for me it's like buttermilk pancakes uh fruit salad that sort of thing yeah same so i was trying to think more along the or lines even of, like a um like a like a eggs benedict which would also sure, be a very sure. good topic for and that's but that's not specifically easter you have no, those anytime right so so i was trying to think like what are some recipes that i could do for this week that i wouldn't necessarily like be naturally drawn to otherwise and yeah. you, you and i bounced back and forth some ideas yeah there's um, several options and the one that i i settled on the one that i thought was like this is really only something that i would make around easter time is deviled eggs yeah deviled eggs feel very easter to me i don't know why i mean i like deviled eggs mm. they're good but i can't really think of any time that i would eat them besides this kind of family get together. We're having a potluck. I got to make one dish and bring it over. You don't just what make, make deviled for eggs for a Thursday night, you know? No, it's it's a little bit too much work for just like, oh, I'm just going to have a snack. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think some people make them for Christmas as well, but I'm more associate them Christmas, with sure. Maybe. That might be a thing in the UK as opposed to, to the States. I, I feel like in the States, they're more spring yeah yeah so i was trying to figure out because i have made deviled eggs once but it was a long time ago and they weren't very good when i made them (laughs) so i was trying to figure out where did i go wrong when i made them in the past and i uh, i'm gonna put a link to this in the show notes i went back to our old friend kenji lopez alt who talked about uh hard boiling eggs in in previous episodes and he has a recipe. Oh yeah, the egg master. The egg, the egg master. I looked up his YouTube channel, and the header is uh, soft boiled eggs. Um, so anyway, so I went to him for the the lesson from the 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 guru, uh, and found basically everything that I've been doing wrong with deviled eggs in the past. Mm. So I'm gonna put a link to the video in the show notes. It's a video he did for Serious Eats, um, but to make a deviled egg, basically what you're gonna start with is a dozen hard-boiled eggs 
And you can do it the exact same way as the hard-boiled eggs that we've talked about in a, a past episode where, you know, you boil them for, I don't know, not eight, nine minutes. Uh, in the video, he also steams the egg, but I don't have the equipment for all that. And it yeah. doesn't seem to make that much of a difference because what you're looking for is a yolk that is firm but not yet chocolate i don't know friend of the show lu yi says that's the only way to make your hard-boiled eggs to is an egg them? steamer yes egg steamers seem nice i'm i don't have that luxury yet yeah um, i want to we want to try that someday <laughs> for sure uh so any way that you you hard boil an egg is fine but what you're gonna want is get a dozen large eggs hard boil them uh and then once they're hard boiled peel them uh you can i i run mine under cold water you can shock them in ice that makes them a little bit easier to peel because it Mm. pulls the membrane away from the the white uh and you're going to cut each hard-boiled egg in half uh after they're peeled right right after they're peeled (laughs) uh uh long ways is that the right way to describe it hot dog not hamburger yes you're making a (laughs) cut from from tip to tail i guess on this egg uh, and pointy then, end to base right and then uh you are just going to scoop the yolk out of each half put all the yolks into uh kenji uses a, a food processor yeah um you probably do it with a blender you do it with a blender i was even thinking because we don't have either of those heroes realizing hand whisk use a hand whisk use a fork i think at yeah, this point because of the texture it's not gonna get as creamy that way no i mean you have to spend some time with it to get the right texture but If worse comes to worse, I think you could use very basic utensils here. Um, And into the yolks, you're going to scoop two tablespoons of mayo. Mm. That's the ingredient we're missing, it turns out. Whoops. Yeah, we can't buy anything. (laughs) We can't. We haven't been able to buy mayo at the shop for like like a month. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So uh, two tablespoons of mayo if you have it. Uh, Tyler. Yeah. You're going to have to make your own. We talked about we that. We did talk about this. All right. Upcoming episode. I'm going to make mayo. Um, <laughs> two tablespoons of mayo. One tablespoon, uh, up to one tablespoon, I'll say, of white vinegar. And the reason I'm going to say up to one tablespoon is you're also going to want to put in about a half teaspoon of hot sauce. And you want to vary your vinegar based on what your hot sauce is. If you're yeah. using something like Frank's Red Hot, which is very vinegary, yeah. don't add as much vinegar. So maybe start with the hot sauce and kind of taste as you go. Uh, from there, go ahead and mix it all together. You want to get like a thick paste, basically. Uh, and you're going to want to put it into a Ziploc bag. And I I had always seen when I, I watched like my grandma or somebody make uh, uh deviled eggs i'd always seen the ziploc bag right you don't put it in a pastry cone you can you can put it in a pastry cone okay but i've always associated deviled eggs with a ziploc bag for some reason and the reason is is you put it in the ziploc bag press it all down to the bottom cut a little cut in the corner of the bag you got yourself a piping bag yeah and you pipe it in there and you pipe it into and this is the other the other place i went wrong first time i made deviled eggs i was like oh wait a second i don't have enough of this mixture to fill my to fill my egg halves because here i am with a dozen eggs now 24 egg halves right right i don't have enough mixture to put in each one because you have a little divot that you fill in Mm -hmm. uh i guess i gotta put in more mayo and i made mine much more mayo-y than it needed to be less yolky right so it didn't have that same kind of texture so don't do that fill in the halves of eight eggs 
This is going to make 16 deviled eggs. So you'll have four eggs left over. So eight halves left over. Slice those up, put them in a chef salad or on a sandwich. Yeah, sure. those will go great on toast. Yeah, on toast. All sorts of things that you can do with mm. those. But you're going to effectively f- fill and, and even overfill the divots in each of the uh, eight, pardon me, 16 egg halves. Well, right, math. so you want more yolks and less whites. Exactly. Yeah. And then... You can get a little creative with how you want to decorate these. So uh, what was recommended uh, to me was chives. Mm. Some thinly chopped chives are really nice. Very nice. Uh, If you wanted them to be a little bit spicier, which I like spice. I think they're called deviled eggs for a reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could put a little bit of red pepper flakes on there, some hot paprika. I was going to say, now clear it up for me because I always thought that was paprika on the top. When you see them with that little red sprinkle or is it red chili pepper? peppers it kind of depends on who's making it okay i have seen um uh, cayenne pepper yeah yeah i have seen paprika mm-hmm. i tend not to like just straight paprika no on who it. likes just straight paprika but on you, something but you can get hot paprika yeah or smoked paprika or smoked would be good yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. we're saying paprika a lot paprika paprika i feel like i say paprika weird i think it's just a weird word okay paprika see i always I know I pronounce it paprika, but in my head, right before I say it, the split second before I say it, I want to say paprika. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not right. No, that's not right. So anyway, so you could put all of that on there. Um, I have been racking my brain also to think of like what dish you would serve devil, deviled eggs alongside. Mm. I have always considered deviled eggs to be a standalone food. Yeah, they're like a party food. Yeah. Like a finger food. Like a finger food. Right. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Because I did a bunch of like Googling trying to think, well, we're not a side dish. But they're, it's confusing because they're big enough to be a side dish. They're like, it's like brunch tapas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and the more I think about it, no, go ahead. Having like a buffet where everyone's standing and no one can sit. Deviled eggs are the perfect yes. food for that. And Everyone's more, just standing and snacking. And the more I think about it, the more that makes sense because what you have is uh, almost, because you're putting back more yolk than it started with, almost an entire hard-boiled egg. So you have a lot right. of filling food there. Um, but you know, also if you wanted to get super fancy, uh, this wouldn't go totally badly with even a fish. Uh, if you had uh, some sort of a, a, a like one of the darker fishes, like I'm thinking like a salmon or something, mm-hmm. you could, that would go pretty well on the side. Um, I have been thinking a lot lately about putting some prosciutto on ooh. a deviled egg. Just smoked salmon. Some sm- ooh, some smoked salmon on a deviled egg. It would be really anything, good. Anything super thin and light that you can almost sprinkle on top of the deviled egg, I think would go really well. Um, and then, of course, fresh ground pepper flaky salt we have that malden salt right now mm-hmm. that's super super flaky um but again, Ooh, yeah flaky crunchy salt but mm. you, at this point you have to stop yourself why because if you put too much on this egg you're going to try to pick it up and it everything is just going to come crumbling off the top yeah so pick maybe two of the things that i've just mentioned and put those on your deviled eggs don't go don't make them the same way that I make Bloody Marys and put everything and on just there. Shove everything in, right, the, in right. the glass. Um, pick one or two things because you're going to have uh, sixteen deviled eggs. Maybe even mix it up a little bit so you have four of you know some prosciutto, four with some salmon, four with chives, four with 
Um, I don't know. Would an olive be good? No, no. that's a, that's too. No, no. Chives mind. maybe. No, that's what I said. Chives. Um, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I meant capers. Capers. Capers might actually be pretty good. If you chop um, them up real fine. Exactly. And you could do that instead of the flaky salt. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So there we go. So now you could have deviled eggs within, I mean, maybe even 30 minutes. Because mm. it takes 10 minutes to boil the eggs. Uh, it would take, I would estimate, 10 minutes if you had somebody helping you peeling the eggs, cutting them in half, getting the yolks out. If you have a food processor, you can mix everything up really quick. And there you go. I've never been a huge fan of deviled eggs when I've had them in the past. I think it's just because I'm not a huge fan of hard-boiled eggs and that's how they start. Um, I just find them like really rubbery and there's too much white and not enough yolk. And And I don't know. That's fair. I think it does depend on how you make them and what you put in the yolk uh, Mm -hmm. uh, mixture. Because if you're making a very, like say you just add mayo and salt and pepper, which I feel like both of our parents would have done. Right. You're not adding a lot of depth to what that package is. You're sort of just eating a hard boiled egg at that point. Right. Um, But if you add the hot sauce in, you're getting a little bit of a kick. If you add cayenne pepper on it, you're getting a little smoky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if if you are serving it alongside other stuff too, it acts as a, a really nice sort of base for whatever you're building. Yeah, I like this idea of of things on top mm-hmm. more than just a sprinkle of plain paprika. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like deviled eggs have gotten kind of a bad rap in the last 20, 30 years just because nobody really knew how to make them, including myself. Do you um, chill them? Do you, you serve can. them chilled? You can, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and especially with the the hard boiled eggs even just sitting there for a few minutes they're going to get pretty cold yeah um or they're going to go to to room temp um but yeah you can chill them and i think they'll probably stay for i don't know three days but um you can definitely make these the night before and bring them to an easter brunch the next day cool so that's uh thanks that's what i got all right uh hey if you want to reach out to us with your easter recipes your easter facts your alternative easter holiday springtime egg we almost did quiche we we did and talk we about will quiche. have to do quiche i want the reason i didn't do quiche today is i want to do i want to prepare yeah, we and actually like quiche. have a quiche yeah. ready to make as part of the episode because yeah. i really really love quiche. oh i love quiche so much so we're gonna do that at some point but if you want to reach out to us with recipes that you'd like to see on the show that's at podcast about egg or visit our website sandwich.computer slash egg uh, and use our contact form there Yay. All right. We'll talk to you later. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter, everybody. Bye. Bye.